Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today I'm very delighted to welcome Jyotin Mai Chaturvedi, who is Assistant Vice President at Genpak. Welcome to the podcast Jyotin Mai. Thank you for Hi. coming and joining us today. Thanks Sudhi, thank you for having me here. It's pleasure having you here uh, Jyotin Mai. So just to set some context about you and what you do, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career journey till now? Sure. Uh, so I'm a chartered accountant by profession and I have been like 13 years into global mobility function, uh, which is, has been a mix of consulting and industry experience. Uh, honestly, if you ask me about my career journey, I look back 13 years and I just see that I was at a, uh, when I joined global mobility practice with Ernst & Young, I had no clue what it meant. Being a chartered accountant, I did understand what taxes are, what compliances are required in India or or overseas. But how did they all tie up into global mobility function per se? I was completely oblivious about. So my 13 years journey has been full of learning grilling myself to know just a bit more every day. But yes, at the end of the day, when I look back, I'm happy because I see that, yes, I've evolved as a professional, as a person, though I still have a long way to go. I must say it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Yes, it is. So I'm sure today we'll get a lot of content from our listeners, (laughs) for our listeners. I I hope so. I can provide that. Definitely. So, you know, talking about your role, as you mentioned, you are like assistant vice president and also working as a global mobility specialist. So as far as I know, like global mobility is becoming increasingly important for growth focused uh, enterprises, right? So, you know, for our listeners, could you uh, provide an overview of the role about what global mobility specialist is and how it has evolved over the years? Sure. You know, Riddhi, uh, honestly, global mobility as a profession is not very well known. So for the listeners, uh, ease, I think I'll try and explain this very simply through an example. Let's say you are employed with an Indian organization, an Indian company, which is part of a global conglomerate. Now, if you need to travel overseas for work purposes or for meetings, That's where the global mobility professional's job comes into picture, be it in terms of guiding you on the immigration regulations or handholding you for your visa requirements, or be it to uh, ensure compliance overseas in terms of tax and social security regulations, or working in tandem with the legal uh, professionals, legal team to ensure adherence with employment laws. A global mobility specialist's role encompasses all of this. Okay. Now talking of evolution, honestly, these kind of assignments that we were just referring to, they were very far and few historically. We only saw top leadership traveling to uh, different geographies, either to explore that geography uh, for business purposes or to establish their organization there. 
and therefore uh, therefore every assignment was treated very distinctly and differently and tailored to the needs of the person who's traveling over the years with globalization the count of people traveling started increasing and therefore the processes the practices they become much more structured designed and i think that's the time when you also see global mobility function getting established in a lot of companies prior to that the assignments were really handled by the hr fraternity and now if i move over to this decade post covid now the requirements are again changing because the ask from the global mobility professionals is to figure out ways and means to support remote work where people can work uh, from their own places uh, so if i have to really summarize it it has evolved from being an administrator to a strategic partner from something somebody who was executing compliances to somebody who's now partnering with businesses for risk management and somebody who was executing the assignments the to somebody who has a duty of care towards employees definitely very well explained i think the phases what we have before before covid and then now after covid i think both the instances are getting changed and Yes. global mobility uh, professionals are evolving and i must say like as the world becomes more connected like almost every company is starting to venture into market outside their home countries absolutely so sure. so definitely global mobility professionals are coming into play a lot so in your experience like what are the what are some of the key drivers behind the increasing need of global mobility in today's business environment i would say that the drivers would keep get getting added as the business environment changes but i think i'll just count a few which are at the top of my mind right now sure the first and foremost being talent acquisition and retention now in the kind of competitive environment we are in for any organization to survive and thrive they need the best of the talent we recently heard something that we referred as great resignation So obviously, the war for talent is for real, and in that such a situation, if any organization can provide an opportunity for global exposure, uh, for on-site assignments, that's undoubtedly an added incentive for anybody. More importantly, even after COVID, the organizations have also learned that your talent pool cannot be concentrated to one place. you have to diversify it you have to tap the global talent and which is where they are now looking at people from different geographies and to see how they can hire them i think the second would be collaboration we just spoke of diversification of uh, talent pool now if the talent pool is diversified yeah. obviously your skill sets your ideas your innovations they can't be concentrated at one place and if they are not what is what else is a better way to collaborate you have to make people travel where they can have face to face collaboration they can learn new things they can gain that expertise and bring it back home to ensure larger adaptability of that and uh, moving ahead i would say uh, market expansion now the business environments currently they are more vuka than ever and yeah. i think it will be pertinent to say that they are more now moving from vuka to bani as we address them yeah. right now in such a situation what option do businesses have to survive 
they have to diversify. Diversify their customer base, their markets, their revenue streams. And again, how can you achieve it? You need to travel. You need to lay your foot in a different market, understand the customer needs, their pain points, and then tailor your products, your services to meet their requirements. And that's how you can tap a larger market. And uh, lastly, I would say uh, people development. This is rather an extension of the first point that we spoke of. Now, any, any person who has the exposure of global assignments is bound to be more sensitive and intelligent culturally, more cross-culturally trained, more adaptable, and uh, more open to open to situations, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of people we want to place on leadership positions. So yeah, these are the four drivers that I can think of. I think uh, that was some great points brought up by you, whatever points you have mentioned. And, you know, according to me, like regardless of whether you run a small business or a head of multinational corporations, I think mobilizing your workforce as quickly and as seamlessly as possible is going to empower your business, you know, to earn more revenue faster than ever before. So totally, definitely. And, you know, like mobilizing your workforce, it's even more easier nowadays because of the technological advancement. And of course, we must agree that technology is revolutionizing a way we work. So, So how do you anticipate external factors which we have talked about, like such as technological advancement or geopolitical shifts or shaping the landscape in the years to come? You know, the way I was agreeing with you, it's actually a very pertinent question and something that every global mobility professional would agree we grappled with during the pandemic times. I'll pick up the geopolitical shifts first. (laughs) Uh, Now, the changing dynamics of economies and uh, the fight for power is real and we read it in newspapers every day. Now, in such a situation, we see the governments bringing changes in their policies the trade policies, the immigration policies, whereby they are restricting the kind of jobs that foreigners can take. Uh, They are making their immigration policies more stringent so that the local companies are bound to use the local talent to increase employability. Now, in such a imagine a situation where there'll be nobody traveling. So obviously, global mobility as a profession can't come to an end, right? Exactly. (laughs) So uh, the role changes where you now need to strategize better uh, to place the right skill set for the right role at the right place without jeopardizing the local regulations. So you have to keep them in mind when you plan for such things with the business. Uh, Moving to technological advancements, I see technology, obviously, everybody would agree, has both sides. It has, the coin has both sides. Now, the digital transformation is the buzzword. So automations, obviously, uh, they are uh, here to stay and they are the key word. These automations, they certainly help you focus on more strategic aspects and uh, pulling away your time investment from the recurring things, which obviously is a welcome change. Uh, The second thing I would say is the remote collaboration tools. We are talking. You are elsewhere, I'm elsewhere. Yes. So things like Zoom, Teams, yeah. they gained importance during pandemic and the trend obviously is here to stay, uh, which means there is a faster and uh, more cost-effective way of sharing ideas and information. 
and which obviously, like you were talking about a while back, is important for any organization to mobilize their resources, their ideas to gain better revenue. Uh, the, the only flip side that I see that with that fast exchange of ideas and information, there's always uh, room for data breach. And which is where the organizations need to have a robust mechanism to avoid any such data breaches. And we as global mobility professionals need to be conscious about uh, various privacy laws like the GDPR in the Europe, the CPRA in California, whilst we whilst we work with those geographies. That's yeah. great point, you know, by adopting a proactive approach and monitoring trends, organization can better anticipate the potential impact on the you know future of landscape. So that was really well uh, pointed out by you. Uh, so yeah, this uh, you know brings us to the end of our conversation. But as we wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to ask you because you are professional and of course your advice would matter for us. So what valuable advice would you share for our listeners with your experience who are, you know, pursuing their career in data mobility or, yeah, any professional careers? So, so uh, really, honestly, like I said in the beginning, I am just approximately a decade and a half and I said I still have a long way to go. Definitely. So I, I, I don't uh, know uh, if the advice or the points that I call out will be unconventional, but certainly these are the ones that have struck chord with me and therefore just, yeah. just, I'm just highlighting them. One is obviously never stop the learning curve. I'm not somebody who will propagate that, you know, you have to, like a teacher, that you have to read or learn two hours a day, three hours a day. No, it may not be practically feasible for a lot of us. But I think whatever you are doing, whatever you are reading, studying, there's always scope to learn an ounce extra. And that's how you take those small steps to cover the, cover the larger gap that you want to achieve. The second, I would say, is stay open. Not much of what you read in academics will get translated into practical. Or for the people who are moving between companies, what is there in one organization may not be true for the other. So you just have to be open, observe uh, trends, observe people to, to adapt to the requirements of the place you are at, wherever you are working. Thirdly, I would say that uh, don't get influenced by the fads on the social media. Please, uh, everybody is an entrepreneur. Everybody is reading 10 books a year or 12 books a year. Uh, you don't know the real story. We all have different situations. We all are unique beings in ourselves. So you should take the take life as it comes. I would not say that just sit idle with your hand on hand. No. You should try and uh, improvise on your situations, improve upon your skill sets. But each one of us is unique, unique. So please don't compare and don't get bogged down with what somebody else is doing. You are unique in your own self. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, of course, we should never stop learning as mentioned by you. Because even nowadays, people are uh, like wanted to upskill more. And yeah. then upskilling is nowadays like a trend. So... It's, it's, it's also the need, but I'm the, uh, the only point, like I said, that if somebody has gained a certification, right, yeah. it's not necessary that you need the same one 
or you need to work on something at that point in time you should work for your needs for your requirements for your situation definitely first know your interest what you like yes. and then move forward to it Absolutely. to achieve your goal definitely that makes a lot of sense i'm sure today we'll get a lot of take away from the content you have shared today uh, jodhir bhai so thank you for sharing this and this brings us to the end of our conversation but before we leave uh can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you sure uh so you can reach out to me on my through my linkedin profile you'll have the same name jyotirmay chaturvedi else you can reach out to me on my mail id which is my name erifu@gmail.com thank you jyotirmay it was lovely hosting you today likewise ruthi it was an it was an awesome experience talking to you thanks thank you